Hello, all my Rated JG listeners. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor over at Day by Day Apparel. Day by Day Apparel has been a proud supporter and listener of the Rated JG podcast since our very first episode. Day by Day represents a positive message and serves as a motivational symbol to anybody that wears their logo. They offer hand screened, printed t shirts, and an assortment of other apparel, including hats, hoodies, tank tops, sweats. No matter what the weather is like outside, there's a piece of day-by-day apparel that will fit for the occasion. Day-by-day is here to remind you to focus on the 24 hours underneath your feet, slow down your hectic schedule, and really saturate yourself and enjoy every moment and live present. You can find them online at daybydayapparel.com and on social media accounts at daybyday underscore apparel. Day by Day is proud to offer all the rated JG listeners a 35% discount at checkout. So once you go to the website and you get to the checkout bar in the promo code box, use all capitals rated JG to receive your 35% off discount. Welcome to the Rated JG Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gilly. Thank you all for tuning in. Check, check. The calm before the storm. Yeah, the calm before the storm. Here we go. (laughs) Boom, boom. All right, guys. We are coming back at you with another episode of the Rated JG Podcast. Sorry for the... The delay and uh, the gap between my last guest and my current one, but I didn't forget about y'all. I'm still bringing you as many guests as I can. They so right now, the man that I have got into the studio with me today is somebody I've been trying to get on for a few months now, but schedules happen, life happens, but nonetheless, we finally got Mr. Jared Smith in studio with us today. What's going on, man? Not much, man. You doing all right? I'm living the dream, brother. I'd be doing a lot better if my freaking Longhorns won today. So (laughs) that is probably going to be a a little starting point for us here. So I'm a huge UT fan, and today was the Red River Showdown. And for people that don't know what that is, every year University of Texas Longhorns play the Oklahoma Sooners at a neutral spot in the Cotton Bowl uh, at Fair Park. And we got the W last year, and... You know, whatever. Oklahoma's just not my not my cup of tea. I just love the Longhorns, and man, they Jalen Hurts and his boys took it to us today. So we didn't come away with the win. But you didn't get did you get a chance to watch it? Caught the tail end of it. That's about it. Oklahoma's tough though, man. Legit. They've they've got some cats running around. Sam sure. Sam Ellinger, the UT quarterback, I thought you know was going to be just top tier Heisman candidate, which he still is. He's still in the conversation. Then you kind of see. Another like a, yeah. like a legitimate it's a different level, man. Jalen Hurts is oh, that's that's a bad man. That's the thing though. Jalen Hurts, he's one of those guys that has probably minimal to zero haters. Yeah, that's you know true. What I mean? Very true. He's such a such an easy guy to root for. Mm-hmm. Obviously, athletically, just kind of watching him play, but then at the same time, you think about what he went through at Alabama. Yep. You know, getting benched in the national championship, but still being the biggest cheerleader over there on the sideline. Right. Then how he handled that next year mm-hmm. of being a backup for a full season. Yep. And I, if he he ended up coming in at the end of that year, I believe. I think so. And yeah. had a great did a great job. Yeah. You know, and 
Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, it, it's nothing against I mean, OU is a great school. There's not that my grandfather graduated from OU, but like there's just there there's just a few I think it's the Baker Mayfield experience that really bothered me. Like, God almighty, I just I'm not a Baker fan. Can't be. Me neither. I feel like he I feel like he appeals to a very chosen few people in the world, like the the frat boys and the ones that are like, you know, Ooh, he's, Baker. He's, he's being exposed right now. Big time. And but yeah, so like that that'll leave a bad taste in your mouth. But then you have the I think Jalen Hurts is like the complete antithesis of what Baker Mayfield is. All class hard work doesn't even want the spotlight just wants to get a w whereas baker's the one running out there waving the flag and planting in the middle of the field and doing the dougie before the games and recording himself i'm just that is not my cup of tea 100 but yeah no jalen hurts you you nailed it though he's a very tough guy to root against because he just seems like a good man yeah. all around he's uh jalen hurts i mean i don't know him personally obviously but i i I expect him to be the type of person that, like you said, all he wants is the W, and I really believe that. Like, a lot of people say that. A lot of players say it. But that dude wants nothing. He doesn't care how – I mean, he might throw three interceptions that game, but he also might make that play at the end of the game that solidified the win, too. Yeah, of course. And you already spoke on that, but, like, that was completely proven when he's playing for the – hands down, the best college football program probably in the history of – ever absolutely, Alabama absolutely. and he takes the back seat and you nailed it he was the number one cheerleader on the sidelines getting that W any way you can yep. because by the way he was not sitting behind any slouch Tua is a monster that is a bad bad man too so 100% but yeah anyways that I mean speaking on that so do you have any college affiliations do you like who do you root for when it comes down to it um as far as like an actual University. I don't. I'm not a specific fan of any one school. Now, there's a lot of schools that I like to watch play. That I'm. I'm either either I'm a fan of their coach, or there's a few players that I like the way that they play, or maybe there's a few players that have played for me at one point in time that have are playing at that school. You know. I got you. So. So that is a little little plug right there. That's going to lead me into something yeah. else. I was I was a uh, had on my list here. So, Jared actually. Uh, was a it was you were a coach and a recruiter? Am I right? Yeah, and they go hand in hand. They go any hand. coach is going to be part of that recruiting process as well. Okay, yeah. Yep. See, I am I am completely green on that topic, so okay. I, I don't know the first thing about it. So, uh, if you would mind speak on that a little bit, where where are we talking about? Was it a big school? What was your? So I coached at the junior college level, okay. which a lot of people. I mean, so a lot of people don't understand kind of how junior college works, but. What it is, is it's put in place for a lot of athletes for mainly two reasons. Either it's a big-time athlete that has D1 caliber talent, but for because of academics may not have the opportunity to make it to that D1. So they have to come to the junior college route, go there for – we had a program where they would come in for a year and a half. They'd be there for three semesters, okay. get their associates – if they graduated from us, they were eligible to go on to those big-time schools. Gotcha. Or okay. we'd go get some kid that we would look on film like, man, this guy's a big-time ball player. Right. But for whatever reason, the D1s weren't seeing that potential. So they would come to us as a qualifier. They would only have to be there for a semester if they wanted, if they got the schools that they wanted coming in recruiting them. Does that make if that yeah, makes yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure that makes so, sense. Okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, because yeah, – yeah, I think that, myself included, 
I do think that there's a common misconception with that, like, oh, you, you went JUCO, yeah. or you did you didn't go D one or whatever. And uh, I'm speaking from like my experience with with college baseball. Like, there's JUCO and D two programs that are insane. Right. I'm talking JUCO baseball is huge. Yeah, JUCO baseball is. I mean, absolutely nuts. As a matter of fact, like uh, Navarro College here in town, yep. multiple, multiple MLB players have came out of this program right here. And it's, I mean, I, believe it, I got my associates from Navarro's a couple years back. <laughs> go, go Bulldogs. But, yeah, like that, that's kind of cool. But, like I said, yeah. that is completely different because baseball yeah. is a lot of um, – I don't, how do I say this without coming off wrong? Because I, I don't mean it to take away from any other sport, but it's very skill-based. You know, there's – People that are five foot six. As a matter of fact, Jose Altuve, that's probably top five baseball players in the world, is my size. Right. And that, you know, if you look at him, you don't think, oh man, that guy's an athlete. You know what I'm saying? Football, you can't hide, you know, size. Like there, there is a definite need for that, depending on the position 100%. and whatnot. So I feel like that's kind of maybe where a lot of people scoff at the JUCO thing because, like, oh, you're a big dude, you only went to JUCO, but yeah. I, I had no idea that it was like almost like a funnel to the bigger programs dude i'm i'm a juco baby like literally my dad he was a junior college he is a junior college basketball coach he's been coaching juco my whole life he's going on his on his 31st year this upcoming season wow my mom she coached juco ball for the first 20 years of my life and just recently got out of coaching so i have a huge appreciation for the level and my big thing is is during recruiting, a lot of what I had to do to sell to these kids was like I had to I had to recreate in their mind their whole perception about junior college. Sure. And by the end of by the end of the recruiting process, after bringing them in on visits, all that good stuff, was able to get that done more times than not. You know. And yeah, and that, I mean that's got to speak numbers about you because I mean by the way I haven't said this yet on the podcast. Jared actually, Jared and I are coworkers at a, a gym uh, in our my hometown. And he's a personal trainer there. And Jared's one of those guys that never met a stranger. He and I definitely share that in common. I mean, within a couple of days of me knowing him, it was like I've, I've known him my entire life. So I could definitely see that you could articulate a message to a younger person that would, you know, kind of, I don't know, change their perception like right. you like what you're saying you know yeah. you you may have some sort of some sort of negative connotation with the juco mindset but i feel like you would be the good person to kind of go in there and, and uh and talk it up and, and and get them on the right path because um you never mentioned what school you worked i know you were a nomad i always give yeah. jared a hard time yeah, he is <laughs> i asked him where he's where, like bro jared where are you from he's like well you know basically shit that, i don't even know you're like the united states <laughs> you know somewhere in one of these 50 because he's all over the place so yeah. uh, anyways uh what school were you a recruiter so coach it was for? it was called it's coffeeville community college in um in kansas all right in the jayhawk conference which is Easily, when you think junior college football, like so, those big time D one programs, they all they love JUCO. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. Their perception is right where it needs to be. You know, um, but they when they think of junior college football, mm-hmm. they think of the Jayhawk Conference, which was in Kansas. Um, obviously, everybody knows East Mississippi. You know, not necessarily that conference, but there's a few schools in that conference that okay. are well known. Okay. And then the Texas League as well, with like Trinity Valley, yeah. Navarro, Tyler. Yeah. Um, all those places. So, so you were, you, you've told me this before, but it's, it slipped my mind. So 
I'm, I'm sure a lot of the people listening to this are roughly, you know, around our age demographic, you know, anywhere from 18 to 35. And which means they probably all have Netflix accounts. <laughs> Actually, basically everybody has a Netflix account. But um, there's a this this show came on the scene a couple years ago and just took Netflix by storm. I mean, if you're a, a sports fan, not even necessarily a football fan, but if, but if you like sports at all, the show Last Chance You has just like captivated all of you the United States because it's just it's a it's a really cool look into um, the behind the scenes kind of life you live as a JUCO recruiter coach with these high talented high caliber players that are waiting for their big break. And you actually got your 15 seconds of fame on this show, didn't you? More like six. Hey, but. man, don't sell yourself short. Man. Yeah. I'm sure you still get those royalty checks coming in the mail from Last Chance You. But well, they must be going to the wrong address. So. <laughs> You're married now, right? So it does, it's y'all's money. It goes to Chelsea probably. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, so you um, were on the show with Coffeeville. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say on the show, I mean they didn't sit down and interview you, but you were on the sidelines doing your coaching thing. Yeah. And you got to coach against the this. What's the guy's name? The one? Jason Brown. Yeah, <laughs> I hate to say it like God. that, but yeah, Jason Brown. Jason Brown. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, no longer there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, kind of, if you don't mind, kind of, kind of speak on that a little bit. I mean, what was that experience like? Because I mean, you probably had no intention of working for Coffeeville. To because oh wow they're the team that plays against the team that's on TV y'all right. didn't know about that this was like his first season on the show right yep okay. yeah it was his first season uh, it was his I think it was his it was his second season at Independence and his first season or his second season was the first season that they were actually in Kansas okay uh, but yeah it was uh, it was it was interesting to so say the least. so you, when what team did Jason Brown play for? Because the the last chance you followed one specific team and their entire journey throughout the season, and his team, off the top of my head, I, I don't remember. I've watched Independence. every Independence. Independence Community College. Okay. Approximately twelve miles away from Coffeeville Community College. Okay. In the, uh, it's we're both in Montgomery County. Okay. In the exact same county. So, so to give you a little bit of backstory, Independence okay. was. It was the – it's one of those schools that if they won a game in a season, like okay. it's a big deal. You know, so if that really, – what, what do you mean by that? I mean that they went over a lot. Oh, before before he before got there. Before he got there, yes. Got it, okay. Yes, so before, before he got there, they were kind of – I mean, I think my first year we beat them – it was like 77 to 12 or something like that. Damn. Like it was – that was kind of the norm for them. So um, – but it was interesting. Um, actually, our athletic director, uh, who's a mentor of mine, okay. uh, Jeff Liker, he, uh, he was Jason Brown's head coach in college. Okay. Jason Brown played for him. Yeah, he was – Jason Brown was a quarterback, and uh, he was a kid from Compton and ended up over at Fort Hayes State, a D2 in Kansas, and played for him. And um, From what I gather, he was a, he was a legit – like player and a, and a very good coach too. I mean, he granted his coaching style obviously rubs people the wrong way and whatnot, but that's kind of cool that you got to see the opposing side of that. So what yeah. what was what was your coaching staff and your team's perception of not even necessarily Jason Brown, but as as a, a whole for the, right. the uh, Independence College? I can't I can't speak for everybody else on the staff. Yeah, you know? for sure, for um, sure. But me growing up in 
a coaching household, somebody that I obviously everybody thinks that they have it figured out. I'm not a I'm not a fan of the way that he went about business. And what I mean by that is is for me, coaching is one hundred and ten percent all about the kids. You know? Yeah, of course. And it's about building relationships and getting these guys to play for you. And at the junior college level, what you're dealing with nine times out of ten is you're not you're dealing with kids that had academic issues that didn't handle their shit the right way when they were in high school but it wasn't based off their lack of intelligence it was based off ignorance and lack of know-how you know so once they once they were to leave that high school and come to us i took it upon myself to make it my job to let's teach these guys about life and that's because these kids can ball man yeah they can play yeah that's in i my, one of my favorite things to do is to coach wideouts, to get on the board, get in the meeting room and all that stuff. But at the same time, that's not the most important of the j- part of the job at any level, right. especially the junior college level. Really, The JUCO level is all about developing these guys mentally because they can already ball. You know, let's get these guys right. And I, I mean, all I saw was the show. And yeah. I've been, I've met Jason Brown a few, a handful of times and, um, went to the head coach's meeting with our head coach and saw him speak and just the way business is conducted I wasn't a fan of because I thought that he made it more about him oh there's no as doubt. opposed to making it about the kids there and that's is, yeah that's not even not to cut you off I'm sorry yeah. but I mean just from a spectator standpoint I have I don't have a, a you know a horse in this race you know I, I'm yeah. just a, like a, a a fan of the show it's a thousand percent about him. Yeah, you know his theatrics and his his personality and whatnot. That all of that aside, the amount of times that he talks about him, the cars he drives, the cigars he smokes, the whiskey he drinks. I'm like, brother, like those things aren't even available to you if you didn't have this job as a coach, which no is doubt. that job encompasses everything that you just spoke on. And but I feel like he also had the luxury of just kind of, you know, the uh, the coaching staff he had in place, you know, and then the TV and then like the reputation that he gained yeah. from that first season, which is, you know, is a testament to his, he did put things in place, got the W's, got the attention. But yeah, he, if I'm not mistaken, I think that he's, isn't he getting locked up? Or he's, he's, well, I don't know the details on whether or not he's getting locked up, but he's, I know he's on, he's up for eight felonies right now. Eight? Eight felonies. And they're oh all, my God. Um, one of them's like impersonating a lawyer, forging. <laughs> he's forging signatures and shit. Like I don't know, man. This, oh my goodness, yeah. That is, <laughs> yeah, that dude. Just, that just killed me because you can't I make can, the shit up. It's great television. Yeah, you can. Don't get it twisted. Like it's <laughs> Netflix eating that up. That is hilarious. If you gave me a hundred things to pick from out of a lineup that he's going to be a, a you know a yeah. felon for, that'd be the first thing I pick if I saw that. Yes. Oh, we, impersonating a lawyer. Yeah, because he thinks that he's. You know, hung yeah. the moon. He thinks he can do everything. That you know is why he got so fired, funny. right? Did you yeah. hear about why? He yeah, got about fired? the uh, about the the racial comments to the the German kid. Yes. I don't want I, not racial, but you know. But no, I know exactly what you mean, and yeah. that's like that goes. Didn't to he show call up like, like a like a walk on German kid, like a, a Nazi? And he said, "I'm your Hitler now," or something he, like it that. Was, and, yeah. So him, the German kid, and I don't know if the German kid played at all or anything, yeah. but I guess he'd miss a practice or something like that. And was texting Jason Brown because Jason Brown yeah. kicked him off the team or suspended him or something along those lines. Because so, because of missing – Yes. Okay, I got you. I yep. got you. And it was one of those deals where they were texting and he told the kid, he said, I'm your new Hitler. What? You know, I 
But that's that's my issue with the show. Yeah. Like I understand it's great television, man. Mm-hmm. And I've watched every season, every mm-hmm. episode, you know, so I'm I'm guilty. Yeah. But at the same time, it gives such a misconception of junior college ball that yeah. it's not even because like us at Coffeeville, man, and I've still got friends there, the head coach, he's still a mentor of mine, the A D, all that stuff. It wasn't man, it was we truly ran that program in a D one fashion. Because our number one job was to prepare these kids for the next level. Yeah, you're almost like a prep school because exactly. you can't, no offense to you or any other coach listening to this, you can't coach talent. You got the talent. Yep. You can coach a, a you can coach a kid to be a man. You can you can coach them to be smarter, to use their talents in a more productive way. 100%. But you know what? You can look me in the face right now. I ain't ever going to be in the NFL. That's just not happening to me. Mm-hmm. But whereas somebody that has the talent that may not know how to utilize that talent correctly or like you said, handle the pressures or like that's where a coach comes into play. And that's, it's not, I'm not under some impression that it's just one coach's job. Yes, there is a head coach that takes, you know, all the glory and the fall, but like you're surrounded with offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, linebacker coaches, offensive line coaches. I mean, the head coaches, man, they're not around the kids very often. Yeah. It's 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 the position coaches, it's the coordinators because the head coach man, they've got they're they're going on campus. Yeah. They're going out to town. Like our head coach two times a week was going to Rotary Club to speak. Yeah. You know, which is like I mean, that's what like I guess DFW stuff like that. Like they yeah. they're going to be around the kids in the same capacity that we do. Right. And you know? that's they're the face of the program. Yep. You know, they are the they're they're the nucleus, I guess you could say in in a sense, but you got to put the right people in place. And I think that that's probably where from that that specific instance with Jason Brown it looked kind of like he was like a that nucleus was like a like he was a cancer that kind of permeated through that whole program bro and, it was it was bad and like i said i don't know Jason Brown i have nothing against the guy but he he made some damn good tv you yeah. nailed it that was oh there's no doubt man <laughs> and like i said i'm guilty i've watched everyone yeah. and been entertained mm-hmm. but at the same time with me Taking such pride in the junior college levels, I do. Yeah, like it makes me sick, man. Yeah, it really does because it's, man. Um, I I don't know all the kids' names on his team, but Bobby Bruce. Yeah, remember that kid? The, yeah, the one. Yeah, mm-hmm. he went through some bad shit, man. But I don't know. I you can't say if things were differently, if his life would have turned out differently. But at the same time, man. Yeah, he wasn't being helped. Right, you know, it just wasn't. In. Yeah. No, I, I get. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and and that's. Granted, that doesn't. That's not in the job description of a coach. Is you know be a be a mentor to them outside of you know just the football realm. But right. like I mean, if you're a human being with a heart, and you see these kids coming to literally, that's their job coming to work every day to try to get better, and you see them hurting from outside resources, and you know whether it be home life or school. Like, man, if you can lend a helping hand, why would you not do that? No doubt, especially at such an impressionable age like 18, 19, 20 years old, people look at this, myself included. Yeah, these kids may be walking around 6'4", 320 pounds, running a 4'5", 40, but they're basically kids. They're yep. like 18. They can, they can not even buy a beer. That's nuts. Yep. And it's, you know, their physical appearance doesn't necessarily tell you what's going on upstairs. Yep. You know, so, yeah, they're, they're human beings, and that's, that's something that's probably going to keep that program from reaching that spot that they want to yeah. get to. Well, I mean, if they've removed him as head coach, that's a whole different ballgame right. now. But but if you can if you can make a kid a better person, yeah, they also become a better football player. Oh yeah. And reason being is 
now it becomes less about them. Right. One of the hardest things at the JUCO level, because you got to think you're coaching a bunch of kids that have D1 potential that are like, man, I've got to get some film. When these coaches come in, come recruiting season, they've got to, I've got to turn some heads. You know what I mean? Yeah, of so, course. So one of the hardest things to do is to get those kids to stop playing for themselves and to start coming together as a unit. Yeah. You know, and we, we were more times than not able to get that done. And, and that's probably, just the way that you explain that, that's probably hard because you nailed it. Those kids want film, which is a highlight reel, literally a highlight reel of their singular performance. Yeah. So on one hand, you have them wanting to ball out for selfish reasons, but you can't, you won't even be able to attain that film of your highlights if your team isn't working like a unit. Because yep. if you're a wideout and you're wanting film, well, your offensive line has to do the work to get you know the quarterback time to let you run the route perfectly, and then your quarterback has to put the ball in your hand. There's so much shit yeah. that goes into it. Man. It's, it's, a, ch- it's a game of chess, man. Yeah, it's, That's crazy. And even so, think so. I've got a room of usually on average, I would have anywhere from twelve to fifteen wideouts a year. Okay. Now I would dress probably eight, you know, but I'm having to get these eight receivers. Four to five of them, typically backups, depending on the offense that we're running. Right. You know, and not envy each other. You yeah. know, like there's something in that goes into just kind of in the meeting room, grooming those kids and right. doing things to where they, I, my goal always with receivers was can I get the receiver that didn't score to be happy for the guy that just did? You yeah. know what I mean? And that's, it's tough, but it takes process. It's a process. Man, that's, that's, Right there, that little example you just gave, I feel like that that pertains to a lot of different avenues in life. You know, even if you're okay, say say you're you're in sales or something, and you're sale you're part of a sales team, and y'all meet a quota, and you you and I are on the same sales team. We need to sell whatever ten units this month, and you sell eight, and I sell two. Well, who who the hell cares? You know, like, unless you're making commission or something. We like, sold I, ten. That's what I'm saying. We got <laughs> we got the goal. High yeah. five. Let's go get a beer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that's that's you. You spoke on that mm-hmm. earlier about you know making a good, uh, making them better men, make some better football players. I feel like that's a life lesson as a man or woman. You know, when you can just kind of see the the collective good as opposed to a singular outcome. 100%. You know, for yourself that that's where if you can figure that out, you got life made. Not even just in a football sense. Yep. So, but that's that's pretty cool that you got to experience all of that. Um, so you when, when did you um, stop doing that for a living? Because that's obviously you're not. In, Coffeeville, Kansas anymore. So right, my last season was the season before last. So I actually ended up leaving in February of seventeen. No, eighteen. February of eighteen. God, that seems like it was yesterday, and it's yeah. like, oh my god, we're almost in twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So you so, you've had a little bit of time away. You miss it. One hundred percent. Really. Absolutely. You see um, yourself. I miss ever... the kids, man. Really. I miss the kids. That's yeah. cool. You ever see yourself, uh, you know, kind of going down that path ever again? Anything with, with football or coaching or anything? I don't know. Um, it would definitely have to be the right situation, you know. And sure. It's basically what I'm saying. I I'm not going back into an entry level position. You yeah, know? I get that. Yep. I've got um, actually right before I left, I ended up uh, getting promoted to offense coordinator. Oh, which wow. was my ultimate goal. You know, it was a good gig. There was good money to be made. Um, obviously, life kind of took its course. I ended up having to give a – because I was also the strength and conditioning coordinator. Okay. As 
also being the wideouts coach. So I ended up giving like an eight weeks notice. And this was uh, a month before signing day, which is the first Wednesday of February. And so I'm actually on the road at this time, going from northern Ohio down to south Florida. And Dang. Yeah, just driving basically back and forth for six weeks. But um, ended up having to give that uh, that notice, like I said. So Right. Well, it all turns uh, – I mean, it, it, not all stories add be- or end badly, excuse me, because right. you – I had the pleasure of seeing you uh, marry your beautiful bride a couple months ago. So yeah. congratulations on that. And Chelsea, if you're listening, congratulations. <laughs> it was an awesome wedding. Thank you. I moved here for a chick. There you go. Hey. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah. Referred to your wife as a chick. There you go. She won't be happy no, about that's, that. That's my best friend. There you go. That's yeah. awesome. And how, how's the married life treating you? It's been you, awesome. Are, it's been how great. many How many months is this now? A little over three. Oh, wow. A little over three. So, no, it's it's been really good. Um, great. I mean, I, I can say that it really hasn't been that much different. Obviously, we live in the same house now yeah. and all that. But everything's been smooth, man. It's been good. We're obviously having to figure out how to live in the same house and <laughs> just having to deal with my shit mm-hmm. and you now, now you're having to like share one bathroom and you okay <laughs> i can tell you that because i i've been married for we got married in 2017 yeah because we're, we're going on three years this past uh june was our two-year anniversary and casey and i lived together for a while before that and there is so which which kind of prepped us for you know the quote married life we basically just put a a title on what we've already been doing Mm -hmm. but man i'm telling you that was one thing when i moved in with her i'm like you had me fooled because she is this you know pretty little you know prim and proper hair it all done and then i'm like you are a dirty little hamster and man goodness gracious look i come home and i'm like how does one five foot one little ball of energy how do you create this much mess it's like a, she's a she just lets a bomb off everywhere <laughs> she's like you knew it when you married me i'm like no the hell i didn't <laughs> so, but that's, like you, that's exactly how it's going for me but you, but it's, like you said wouldn't have it any other way man wouldn't i wouldn't change a thing well that's awesome i'm very happy for you man you. It, it was an awesome wedding and that was uh we had a good ass time you did and you you're you're groomsmen okay so I, I had the pleasure of meeting your brother a while back yes and forgive me what's his name cameron cameron if yep. you're listening to this I'm so sorry for our first impression of you. <laughs> I can't believe he ever returned to Midlothian after what we put him through. Bro, he's more ashamed of me. <laughs> like, I was a shit show. You, like, it was, <laughs> <laughs> we, we had ourselves a good time whenever he met. He, poor guy, he probably thought that we were all just awful degenerates. But uh, between him and your buddy, th- those two best men's best yes. man speeches – Okay, they like obviously they made you like emotional and like it was very heartfelt, but they had me cracking up, man. Yeah, it might have had something to do with like the seven Jack and Cokes that I drank too, but man, <laughs> I was I was dying. Your other yeah. your other My buddy, boy Grant G Money, he was so yes. funny, dude. I'll never forget that he walks in, he's like, yeah, I wanted to keep my my uh, <laughs> something about keeping it short and sweet, kind of like my stature. And I was, dude, oh my goodness, great. He had our whole little table over there rolling. That's my boy, man. Yeah, and then Him and I are exact opposites, too. Like, that's my best friend. You know, and him and I are complete opposites. You never would have, Yeah. I mean, you think Robin big, and then you (laughs) put us next to him, it's the exact same shit. That's so so. funny, man. Yeah, Yeah. speaking of Robin big, you had some big old boys up there, too. I'm like, you were walking around with a crew, man. Offensive linemen, bro. Really? All of them. Really, yep. outside of Cam and Grant, <laughs> yeah. There you go. You literally had a you had an, a football team with you. That's hilarious. 
Yeah, those, those are some big old boys. Two of them are actually offensive line coaches at the JUCO level right now. Oh, cool. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same area that you were at? Or? Well, um, so one of them, um, his name's Cody Oates. I call him Otis. He's actually the offensive line coach at Coffeyville right now, but he's also the associate head coach. Oh, cool. So okay. he's, he's, he's done a great job. And then the other one, um, Tyler Usselton, mm-hmm. who I call Bus. Big he, bus, uh, big yeah. bus, yeah. He uh, he's a offensive line coach at Trinity Valley in, oh, Ath- wow. in okay. Athens, yeah. And then um, he played JUCO ball at Butler, which is a big time school in the Jayhawk, which is like Michael Gallup. That's where Michael Gallup played. As in, like Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I coached against him absolutely. Oh wow, yeah. okay, very and, cool. Uh, but he played there and then went on to Memphis and was a two year starter when Paxton Lynch, like when Memphis yeah. was freaking moving. Dude, that's awesome. So in our uh, the Cowboys backup running back, didn't he come out of Memphis? Yeah. Uh, yep. What's his name? Oh uh, shit! What is his name? Uh, it's hard when you. Yes. It's you think of that and it's yeah. immediately you go Zeke because yeah. when you think of running back, that's who it is. But I I, I could have swore that our backup was from Memphis. But anyways, we'll, no, he is one hundred percent. I can't remember his as name. As soon as we stop the podcast, we'll remember it. Tony Pollard. That's right. Yep. That's right. Yes, sir. That's that's badass. And man, football programs across the nation are getting like I mean, you don't have to be Alabama or have a Longhorn on your helmet or you know a Sooner on your back. Like there, there's good programs. Everywhere, yes. literally coast to coast. And there's you know. great players playing at D1AA's, at yep. low-level D1s that yep. just looking for a shot, man. Yep. And then you got uh, – you watch that QB1 series on – I haven't seen it. You've told me about it. I need to watch it. You need to watch it because yeah. uh, Justin Fields is killing it up there in Ohio State. He was on QB1. Okay. Yeah. And I'll then, check it out. Uh, o- OU's backup quarterback uh, was on there this past year. He's such a, f- a giant, giant douchebag. Yeah. I can't even remember his name, but I love the fact that he's not starting. <laughs> and it's behind Jalen Hurts, who's a freak of nature. But yes. Anyways, and so uh, it, off the top of your head, can you think of anybody, um, or give me like a you know just a few names? Did you did you coach anybody that went on to the next level like and, and got yeah. some? Um, the probably my favorite player I ever coached was a kid named Cedric Wilson, who um, he was there my first year when I was actually the assistant wideouts coach, like. 12 days out of college, you know, okay, so yeah. I'm essentially a GA at yeah, that point. You I got know, you. Like, I got you. I'm a little bitch boy just running around, getting, getting the cone set up, doing that. Um, but my second year is when I got promoted to full-time wideouts. And Cedric Wilson, he's a kid from uh, Memphis, Tennessee, played at White Station High School, mm-hmm. um, was a – he was a great slot receiver for us his freshman year. His second year, we ended up moving him on to the outside and was our ex, which that's your, that's your dude right yeah. there. Um, was an All-American for, for me my first year as a receivers coach. And then oh, yeah. went on to Boise State, had two phenomenal 1,000-plus years there, was an All-American wow. there. Um, and he's actually with Dallas now. Really? Yeah. He, uh, he got drafted, not this draft class, but the draft class before in the sixth round wow. by Dallas. And uh, his rookie year at camp in Ox- Oxnard, is that Ox- Oxford. Oxford yeah. or Oxnard, one of the two, yeah. um, tore his shoulder. Oh, damn. And uh, Jerry Jones and all those guys were so high on him that they actually kept him on the team. And so this year he's there, um, had a good camp, ended up missing the roster by a smidgen. But, like, this year for the first two games, Tavon Austin had a concussion. Yeah, yeah. Cedric Wilson was the kid that got pulled up, and he actually returned some punts for him this year. Oh, nice. Um, That's cool. Yeah, and he's just a phenomenal human being. That's cool. And him and Michael Gallup actually played against each other. They were wow. they're in the same class, yeah. So Gallup was at Butler, who's that's 
Coffeeville's rival. Like okay. that's that's 1A, one, 1B one right there. Gotcha. Um, so they actually played against each other, which was freaking awesome. I mean, you didn't know yeah. either. You knew those kids were good, but it's weird. At the JUCO level, you know how good they are and you know what they can be, but you – it's crazy to think of him in the NFL. Yeah. And like Michael Gallup doing a great job. Yeah. I mean, his rookie season, we were like, who is this dude? And yeah. he's, yeah, he's, he's a big time. Yeah, That's so cool, man. There's actually, a, there's three kids off that same receiving court all in the NFL right now. That um, were your receiving court? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? That, I, I, I don't know if there's a better Juco receive. Not the two, it wasn't me. Those kids can ball. Yeah. You know, and I just helped manage the whole thing. But um, yeah. one, one kid named Jawan Winfrey, who okay. actually went to Maryland out of high school. Okay. Got in trouble his his freshman year, ended up having to come to us. Ended up going on to Colorado, had a great two years for them, and uh, he actually plays for Denver now. Okay, and then um, he's on the ro- he made the roster this year, had a great preseason, and then the other kid was uh, Terry Wright. Okay, and he's probably the fastest human I've ever been around. Like I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're talking like legit ten three in the hundred. Good Oh dude, like he's elite world class speed. Oh my gosh. And he uh, he's with Seattle. Scored two touchdowns in the preseason, mm-hmm. but ended up not making the run. But he's got some maturing to do, and he's yeah. got a lot to learn about the position. Well, dang, that's that's cool. I mean, those are some feathers in your cap for sure. Do you do you like keep in contact with any of these people at all? all or of them. that's, that's said was supposed to make it to the wedding. No way. <laughs> yeah, but he uh, so he played at Boise. He ended up having he ended up going up there for a camp um, to do with Boise. But no, he's I keep in contact with him. I probably talk to Terry the most. Um, Juwan, the kid at Denver, anytime he does anything good, I always shoot him a text. But my main thing, I don't want to bother those guys, yeah. man. They've they played a huge part in my life. I like to think that I played a part in theirs, you know. And they're going through such a process right now that they've got so many people in their ears. It's not even funny. Yeah, we couldn't you know? even wrap our minds around it. Yeah, you know, unless, unless you're in that. that shit. But that that's cool though, yeah. man. That they at least you know. Keep in they're touch. family to me, man. I love those kids. I do. That I mean, that's got to make you feel good about yourself, man. That, that's that's really cool that you've at least had a had an interaction, like you said, at least some point or some part in their their next step. That's that's badass, dude. Just kind of happy to play a part in their story, you know. And those For kids sure. did they did the work. They were they were all three phenomenal human beings. Yeah, you know. And they, I didn't. I, none of those kids. I had to stay on top of them. Yeah, you know. So cool. Well, man, yep. that, that that's that's awesome. Would, but we've, I mean, we spent you know the majority of the podcast talking about college football. But that's, I mentioned earlier, that's not what you're doing anymore. You're actually currently a personal trainer. So how in the world did that come to fruition? How how did how did that transition in your life? Because you mentioned you were a strength and conditioning coach, mm-hmm. so you're no stranger to the the weight room. But how did where did, where did this whole personal trainer thing start for you? Well, when uh, actually when I first gave my notice to uh to coffeeville mm-hmm. i was on the road you know i was going to be on the road for a guaranteed another four weeks okay you know all right right before signing day um and so went through the deal gave the notice and then about three days later i'm like man because i already had a job a job lined up here working okay. for my father-in-law okay so that that helped me out but i was like man i i know for a fact like i just i'm a coach that's what i do it's what i'm what i was it's what I felt like I was born to do. Yeah. You know, so I actually ended up just uh, ACE certification. Yeah. Um, I ended up just getting that online. And while I was on the road during recruiting, knowing that, knowing that I wasn't going to be at Coffeeville, just started studying for it. And uh, once I got here, about four months after that, I took the test. Had cool. no idea where it was going. <laughs> no idea. Didn't know how to get a personal training job. Wow. Didn't even know what training was like. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, and now you're killing it. Well, 
I walked into Main Street and talked to, I can't remember who I talked to. I think it was Micah. Maybe, yeah. Any, anything training-wise, yes, yeah. go through him. But that, that's cool, man. Yeah. And then, I mean, your business has been doing very well. I mean, I can name you five of your clients off, off the top of my head just from how much how often I see them. So, And you've fallen in love with, like, the uh, using that rower and everything, yeah. giving some rowing academy, so you're still kind of coaching in yep. that sense, too, just in a different realm. Yeah, just not necessarily collegiate athletes. But, I mean, mm-hmm. hey, everyone needs to be healthy. So that, that's cool, man. You, you enjoying it so far? Love it. Um, when I first started, man, I was so, cause there's so much, there's such a big difference between strength and conditioning and one-on-one training, Sure, you know, cause strength conditioning, it's obviously we harped on form and the workouts were important, but that was more so about culture, right? You know, like don't walk in the weight room, you know, and certain little things like that right. to where to get these kids to understand like, Hey, it's, it's not about you. Like we're doing this thing together. It's about creating that culture. Right. Whereas now it's a whole different deal. I can take my time. It's more times than not one on one. Yeah. And we can really focus on the form and mobility and all that good stuff. So That's cool. Love it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I know off the top of my head, you have, uh, you know, you have clients that are of the senior citizen like demographic age. I know you have young athletes. Uh, there's a there's one. Uh, girl in particular I can think of you always have her in there rocking that speed ladder she's killing it she's awesome yeah she's a beast she's one of my favorites ever that that's that's really cool because sure. I'm sure that that's kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit too whereas you know in college you had you know athlete athlete all of them are playing football now you've got probably a freaking high school kid and then you've got an accountant and then you've got you know a stay-at-home yeah. mom so keeps you on your toes keeps everything fresh 100 percent very it's really cool. broadened my range of knowing what I was doing as far as the, as far as working out and knowing the form of things and stuff like that. And obviously, I mean, when I first started, man, like all the trainers, like Dion, Stacy, Micah, Zach, all those guys, they helped me out so much. Shout Corey, out Main Street. Yeah, shout out Main Street. <laughs> I was trying to decide how many shout outs I was going to give today. Do it, bro. That was like the first Just one. fucking send it. <laughs> but uh, even like, I remember Corey, I went up to him and I was like, hey man, can, can I shadow you? Because even though I knew what I was doing as far as working out and stuff like that, I didn't know the exact interaction between client and trainer. Right. Like, it's two different things, you know? Yeah, of course. And, man, training at Main Street has helped broaden my knowledge as just as far as, like, just the human body and the kinetic yeah. chain and all that. So, so intensely, it's not even funny. Yeah, because you, you really do get to see all walks of life coming in there. And uh, a, a way that I like to put it is there's definitely not – there's not a right way to work out. There's damn sure a wrong way. Yeah. And, you know, you get to learn how to, you know, what works for different people. Yeah. So, uh, like for instance, just, just taking you. I mean, we've known each other for what, going on two years now, yeah. give or take. And you used to be in there slanging barbells left and right. And then I know there was a good amount of time where all you did was swim. You yeah. didn't touch any weights. Then you're into rowing and, like, CrossFit and running. I'm like, man, you're, you're all over the map, man. It's changed my life, man. It it's really cool. has. Um yeah, like you said, man, I was all free weight. I was all barbell, like mm-hmm. complex lift. Like that's dude, now I touch weights twice a week at really? most. Yeah. If if I'm but I'm working out six days a week. Mm-hmm. I'm rowing, I'm swimming, I'm hitting the heavy bag, stuff like that. You know, like it's just it's it's really because my dad, he's always worked out, always worked out heavy. Yeah. Doesn't get around the best right now. He's sixty years old, but has some knee issues. But a lot of it's just from taking a lot of intense pressure on the joints i got you, know? you. that makes sense and now my whole thing is like 
preserve the body literally health <laughs> yeah, like not, not, exactly yeah i feel like the term health everybody thinks like when you when you say that you immediately picture like a a bushel of like broccoli <laughs> and like you know a sweat band in your mind like no like it's health is it encompasses a lot of different things it so doesn't much more. it you know what people listening to this may i know a lot of people that listen to this that do work out like meatheads more power to you man get your heart pumping yeah. sweat do what you got to do i also know a lot of people that listen to this that have never touched a free weight not a dumbbell not a yep. barbell but they're jacked and you know shredded in their own right like that's you can be healthy in a lot of different ways man to each his own man yeah. and i personally think i think there's as far as like touching the weight and lifting heavy yeah and then swimming and rowing and all these low impact stuff and yeah then you got running then you've got a bunch of different stuff i think there's such a place for all of it there is you know absolutely like, but let's combine that shit together yeah and you know and yeah it just i don't know man there's so what is like? Sorry to cut you no, off. You're good. So you're good. that, that kind of you said that, and it sparked this question in my mind. What, what is your, for lack of a better way of putting it, what is what is your training philosophy? Do you do you have like a like a general blueprint that you try to adhere to, or do you just say you know I'm taking client A and I want to get them to, you know, the finish line? However, I, I don't know. Definitely not a blueprint. One hundred percent. Because one thing I do feel like I'm good at, not the two mile horn or anything, is listening to a client like so first thing i do is i go through what they what their past exercise history is okay what their eating habits have been um whether they have any sort of an injury or any previous injuries and try to compile all that and that's where i start coming up with the plan now more times than not most of my plans all have something in common you know what i mean yeah but everybody it's it's as true as you can say everybody's individualized you know um but my number if i were to say what my philosophy with that could actually apply to every client is i make sure to make sure that working i make sure to make sure that (laughs) that working out and living a healthy lifestyle isn't a job sure my number one goal is to get and i tell this to every client i want you to get to the point to where you're not working out for what's in the mirror but you're working out just truly for mental clarity. Yeah. I want you, there's times where I don't want to go to the gym, but what gets me going is I think about that feeling of walking out of the gym. Yeah. And that's the best fucking feeling in the world. For bro. sure, dude. And that's, yeah. <clears throat> that. you know, I, I'm, I think I've said it on here before, but I, I manage the facility that, that Jared and all the trainers work out of. So I see a different aspect of them. My job is to get them in the door and keep them in the door and make them comfortable and, you know, keep the facility up and running. And I field a lot of complaints and suggestions and you do a damn good job. Well, well, I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. But people are fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) They are. I'm so sorry. You know, excuse my language, but seriously, people are nuts. Like they'll come up to me and I don't know. I truly, truly admire y'all. And I always joke with Corey because Corey has the personality where he's like, he just doesn't put up with BS. And yeah. me, me and him kind of share that in common. But y'all are personal trainers, so they're paying, you know, top dollar to get one hour of your, yep. you know, your 100% attention. Whereas me, like, I don't, I'm not training them. I'm not doing anything. So, like, when I, when I'm just, I'm a big proponent of the smile and nod. Yep. You know, yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. You got it. 100%, you know, in one ear and out the other. But <clears throat> some of the things that I hear 
before they're like, you know, so I, I hear all kinds of stories you wouldn't even believe. And then they'll like, you know, ask about personal trainers. So y'all get to hear it later on. But like the things that I hear that crack me up are like, you know, it, before I say anything, I am not speaking badly about anyone. Like don't, don't get the, any of this twisted. Like if, if anybody listening to this is out of shape or, you know, afraid of the gym, don't let what I'm saying, you know, veer that's you off. That's not your style. No, that is, yeah, that's not me. To that, no, sure. I am not meaning it that, but I'm saying people are crazy. Yes. <clears throat> and I will have people, you know, I'm talking young, old, you know, all colors, all races, all sizes come in here and they'll, they'll look me in the face and they're like, <clears throat> So I want to join the gym. I'm like, okay, awesome. You know, great. We'll get them all signed up. And then they're like, okay, where do I start? And I'm like, what? And they're like, okay, what, where's my trainer? What do I do? I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? You just join the gym. You don't just – fitness just doesn't fall out of the sky and We're you like get a six-pack. Yeah, and they're, they're like – or, you know, so I'll, I'll have those. And then I also have the ones that are like, um, I need to ask you a question. And I'm like, oh, God, this could go one of two ways. And they're like – so I've been eating uh, – I, I just can't lose weight. What am I doing wrong? And I'm like, well, <laughs> thank you for that incredibly vague and open statement. Let me try to pick through these weeds. I'm like, well, I mean, you know, because I, I can't give them too much advice. I'm not, I'm not a trainer, but right. I'm, I'm not stupid. I've been healthy, worked out my entire life. And they're like, well, you know, I, I'm just I'm, – I'm eating nothing but, uh, you know – healthy, organic, this, that, and the other, and all I drink is water, and I work out this many hours a day, and I get all this sleep, and I've put on 50 pounds. I'm like, well, you are what we call a liar. That's what is. <laughs> that's what we're going to go with is if you're telling me that this is the lifestyle you're living and you're adhering to that plan you just told me, those results you got, you, you, I don't understand what lying to me does. That does nothing but hurt you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, what I'm getting at is – I hear those and I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, I mean, oh, sorry, you know, here, talk to a trainer. And then y'all have to be the ones that take those complaints and those those stories and you kind of have to mold them into somebody that is going to actually put in the work, No I guess. doubt, no doubt. And that would be, that would be hard for me because I don't know how y'all do it because that's, people do. They come in here and they're like, oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have, but if you wanted to get in shape, if you wanted to eat healthy, you would make the time. Right. You would. I mean, that, that's yep. not me being an asshole. That, that is a literal fact. Yep. No one is force-feeding you McDonald's. No one is forcing you to stay on the couch. Nobody's forcing you to sleep, you know, over, you know, 12 hours a night. Like, if you wanted to do it, you would make it a priority. Yeah. And that's anything in life. Yep. So I applaud y'all in that sense because I don't know how you do it sometimes. There's people that would come up there with crazy stories, and I'd be like, well, I can't work with you. Right. But y'all, y'all seem to take them and mold them into good I've been very fortunate to have some really good clients and our first conversations aren't even necessarily about fitness or about health. It's truly trying to get to know each other. And I've been fortunate enough because the first thing I, one of the first things I always tell clients is like, Hey, if this thing's going to work and I'm, trust me, I'm not here to steal your money. Cause if it gets to a point to where you're only doing one session a week and you're just literally going to the gym once a week for me with that hour, I'm not going to train you. Right. Because I'm stealing from you. Because sure. you're going to get nothing out of it. But one of the first things I always tell clients is that um, if you're going to do this thing and do it right, like open communication is so key. It's not even funny. Right. Like you have to be 100% honest with me. And I can assure you, if you tell me that you ate a whole pie last night, 
there's going to be no judgment because I might have too. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know? no, amen. Like, like, Absolutely. But, but let's, let's figure out how can we turn that whole pie into a quarter of a pie. You know, and let's continue to work that way. But we have got to communicate. And I, I tell, I've had maybe two clients that I could tell were liars. And I don't know if this, I stopped training them. Like it just became one of those deals. Like I, I had a conversation with them. Like, just so you know, this is where we're at. Honestly, I feel like you're not getting much out of what we're doing. Right. Do you st- and not firing them because no, they're paying me. All. But at the same time, like, do you really want to do this? Yeah. And I've had one guy that just was like, man. It just isn't for me, and that and that's and there's okay. nothing wrong with that. No, that's nothing okay. wrong with that. But I'm not going to sit here and just soak in a couple dollars because yeah, I mean it's not it, for that for me. No, it, especially especially you know you're, you're you're fortunate enough where you're not you know penny pension to survive. Like right. you're, you're doing this because you're genuinely passionate about it. it really, it gives, it, it gives me my fix, man. Yeah, no, it gives doubt. me my fix. It really it, does. I, that is that's one of the most, if not the most rewarding thing about working at a gym is seeing people come in there. Like the the people, the men and women that walk in there with that almost look of like intimidation and like a feeling of like impending failure. Like they're like, oh, you know, here we go again. I'm going to try this gym thing yep. to see those people be turned into healthy people. I'm not saying they lost 100 pounds. I'm not saying they can bench press 315. But to see that demeanor change when they walk in the door after they've done it for a month or two and they're like – fired up to be there you know they're yes. they're, they're just enjoying exercising and getting those endorphins going that is that is honestly my my hobby is that you know coming to the gym and just that feeling of yes. like it's almost like euphoric you there's know what I mean? nothing more rewarding man there's yep. really not um shit my first client ever i still train I yeah. know you know who she. Everybody at the gym knows who Miss Lydia. Lydia. That's my Lydia, girl. Dude, man. She's the sweetest and woman on the planet. She, and this lady is the epitome of your own person. Like she just she don't give a damn. Yeah, like she, she is who she is. Yep. But when I actually met her at an orientation, which okay. orientations are free. Yeah. You know, and that when I first started, like every trainer did one once a month, and um, her and I, she kind of liked the way that we talked and was so she had so many bad experiences at the gym in really in, in pri in yeah previous experiences um even with trainers oh okay to where it made her feel like less you know less than what she actually is right to where she was very adamant but started training with me and man she is the epitome of exactly what i want every client i have to turn into she comes to the gym because not it's no longer about physique Mm-mm. and she still has progress she wants to make and all that but now it's more about just that feeling right. uh, in the head man and yep. just just accomplishment and doing things the right and I told I trained her this morning at 9 a.m. I said I said Lydia you are exactly what I want every client I have to turn into because you have truly you have she's the poster child for me she like bought in you oh know basically gosh. and it's she yeah. loves it, man. And she brings her friends up there with her. She knows yes. she knows all my staff. She knows all the staff members' names. She's a she's a sweetheart, man. She's so That's sweet. awesome. And yeah, but like you can see, like even like her gait and everything, like, like she's like walking differently. Yes. Like she's like got her posture about her. I'm like, dude, you're I want to go high five you. Like yes. you're killing it, girl. Get it, you know. She brings me a present every session. <laughs> cookies or some hey. Dallas Cowboys gear or something. Hey, personal trainer, here's some cookies. <laughs> That's funny. I love that. I can't eat them, but here you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, that gym is probably the source of all of my... Like, I'm probably pre-diabetic because of that gym because I make <laughs> friends with all the little sweet old ladies up there, and they're like, 
well, you know, my grandson was supposed to come over this weekend, but he didn't, so here's an entire sheet cake. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm going to have to eat it now. I mean, I just can't say no. But, yeah, yeah. They're, they're sweet, man. That, that's a, those are the kind of things that, like that, that, camarader- that, that family vibe yeah. that you get from the gym, you know, because it doesn't have to just be, you know, walk in there and monster mentality. I'm going to kill these weights. Yeah. Hey, that works for some people, but a lot of the time it's just stress relief, man. Get in there, get the heart pumping, get the blood flowing. You're ready to rock and it's roll. It's about you. Yep. Like literally nobody else in that gym is worried about you. But people that have some sort of complex or whatever that yeah. walk in there and they don't feel comfortable because they feel like they're being watched. Yes. You know, like it is about you. And at the end of the 100%. day, who gives a shit? <laughs> like go in there and work. And, For sure. You know. That's it. Yeah. No, I mean, you get it. That, that that's. I wish everybody could could understand that. But um, speaking on all that, you, uh, I give you a second here if you wanted to like plug. I know you have an Instagram that is like, you know a personal one, but mm-hmm. you have a fitness one that's like kind of where you highlight your own workouts, kind of just motivational stuff like that. So yeah. what's that Instagram for the people that want to come um, follow that? So the Instagram is at Jared Fit Smith. Like fitness. Oh, I, <laughs> nobody gets it. No, honey, my, my wife didn't even think it was very clever, but you just <laughs> listen, man. You know, I'm letting it ride. If there's anything so, I appreciate, it's a good yeah. pun. So yeah, you drop those puns. I'm not there. as active on there as I'd. Like. I'm trying to get better at that. Not very good at promoting, but trying to get better in that. Oh, realm. now you got to do it, bro. Now it's on the it's on the airwaves, man. Well, it's that's out what I there. Got you for that's what, hey, you just have me on here once a week. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fitness with fitsmith let's do this so yeah okay well I'll, i mean i'll plug that in the in the show notes as well but yeah jared's awesome he's always uh, throwing stuff up there and i can tell you uh speaking from experience he's a good guy so anybody that's you know you got tips tricks whatever or questions comments concerns hit him up he'll he'll buy if you can't tell by now he's an every average day or excuse me average everyday guy just like you and i but he's just a little bit smarter than us when it comes to fitness so any questions send him his way but um, that is about all that I had lined up as far as what I wanted to cover with, you know, fitness and all that good stuff. Kind of got your backstory, talked about the marriage a little bit. But now we are going to get into my favorite part of every podcast. So for all my listeners, I have a recurring segment that I close out every one of my guests with. And it is a segment I like to call if I could pick three to have a beer with me. And I ask my guest this question. Uh, it's kind of a, just a, it's a, not necessarily, if you don't drink beer or whatever, that's fine. It's just to kind of peel back the layers, learn a little bit more about you. But the question is if you could have, you know, three people at any point in time in history, they could be alive, they could be dead, they could be fictional, whatever. If you could sit down, crack a cold one with three different people and just pick their brain and have a conversation like we're doing right now, who would you pick and why? I mean, this one's been stressing me out a little bit. <laughs> Everyone says that. I'm going to be honest. Everyone this is says big, that. big, man. And I've been, I've been thinking the last week since we kind of decided we are going to do this, been thinking on it. Okay. Um, so I've got three. But the first, and most people say like in no particular order, mm-hmm. this one, the first one's definitely in order. Okay. Bob, as, in, as in number one? Or? As in number one. Okay. 100%. I got you. This is my guy, Bob Marley. Oh, wow. Dude, I would love to sit down and have a beer with Bob Marley. And there you go. Yes. Okay. Reason being is, um, I mean, for his love of people and of life mm-hmm. and of truly trying to find happiness, yeah. you know, and that dude was his own individual. Sure. You know, and I, I, I admire that to no end. 
that that would be the guy. Yeah, and I mean, I, I even if you don't like reggae music or like the Rastafari culture, like I mean, he's just that that, that personality transcends time, dude. He's yep. he's just he's a he's a figure that you, you throw a picture of Bob Marley. Five-year-old kids could be like they know who that is, you know. Yep. As well as ninety-year-olds, they all know that he's just like a symbol of peace. He really is, know? and that's and that's really that's it. That's the best. Honestly, that's the best way you could put it right there. That's that would be the guy right there, dude. That'd be a good one, man. He's just, he's just. I mean, like I said, his love for people and peace. And yeah, that's, he did a lot for uh, for for music and for like I mean, just like pop culture too. I mean, yep. he made a lot of good relationships, and he his imprint that he made on music and whatnot, whatnot was you know, will will be everlasting and that's coming from anyone that listens to this knows that I'm a freaking music nut, dude. Like I could lock myself in a room, listen to music all day, every day, and not yeah. even speak to anyone and I'd be totally fine. But yeah, you're you're inspiring me. I'm gonna have to go download some Marley songs now. <laughs> dude, I, I don't even listen to reggae music. It's really? more more yeah, I'm, I mean I'll listen to his songs. Yeah. Um very rarely do I ever just pop on reggae and start listening i don't even know what they're saying half the time that's not bumping in your headphones while you're working out no that's not your training philosophy there put on bob marley and you'll just immediately hit all your goals that's what it is okay well that's a good number one okay um number two would be a guy that not maybe not everybody knows about you and i have talked about him a lot and he's probably my uh the number one inspirational guy that i look at right now is mark megna Oh, the yes. workout guy. Okay. You and I have talked about him quite. A, wait, we talked about him a while ago. Right. But he, um, so Mark Megan is a guy that he played. He was a small time football player. He played at the University of Richmond, which okay. I don't even know. They're probably FCS, if I were to guess. Um, but he ended up going on to uh, to play for New England and was a DN, an undersized guy. Had a good career, but now he owns a gym down in Miami called Anatomy which is one of the best gyms easily in the country. Okay. Um, but his whole mindset is about creating culture, and it's about mentality. You know, um, might not be the sharpest guy, you know, but as far as how he conducts himself in business, as far as handling people and understanding that it true, I mean, his Instagram videos are all about him cleaning up after he works out or, or giving, <laughs> yeah. giving shout-outs to – you'd appreciate this mm-hmm. to management for what, cause he gets there like four o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. of what they did the night before to make the gym look the way it needs to look. Oh, that's awesome. Dude. And like, if there's one thing on my bucket list, it is to go work out at anatomy in Miami. It is the sickest gym. Dude, that's a dude. very attainable goal, man. Yep. You, you need to go do that. Yeah, That's not far fish at all. No, right? man, make that you can, yeah. You can make that happen. Make that a little bucket list item right there. You, that, well, shit, you used to drive up and down that coast anyways. Go make a pit stop over there in Miami, dude. Yep. That's very cool. Okay. So he might not drink a beer with you. He might drink like kale juice or something. But. Something like that. A glass <laughs> of wine, you know, something. There you go. Okay, yeah. so we've got Bob Marley, Mark, is it Megnan? Megna. M-E-G-N-A. Got it. Okay. Yep. So who's rounding out that third spot? Drum roll. This is, this is tough. Um, David Goggins. Really, David Goggins. That's a good one, man. For he, sure. He's wait, hold on, correct me if I'm wrong. He's the guy who runs like the ultra marathons, and he's like the marine and all yep. that. Wow. Yep. Okay. Um, and so I actually just recently read his book, and it's called "Can't Hurt Me." Okay. Um, and reading about his life story, and he's very similar to Megna for me because it's all about mentality. Like that's a tough motherfucker right there. Now, yeah. I'm. I shit you not. Like it's and. <laughs> 
<laughs> I see those those Instagram videos where he's running with his shirt off. He's like, it's fucking 107 degrees, and I, my feet are bleeding, but you're sitting here watching me on Instagram. Get out of there, you fat ass. I'm like, oh, my God, that's aggressive right now. So aggressive. So aggressive. <laughs> but but no, the job done. But um, he uh, – at real, I was already a fan of him, mm-hmm. but once I read his book and kind of heard about his life story, he had a pretty – pretty rough upbringing yeah you know and he got to a point to where he was 300 plus pounds now i think he's running around at like 180 and just God. freaking cut he went to i think navy seal i think he was a navy seal i don't i, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't so. be able to tell you well whatever one has the hell week and i th- i think that is a i seal. think it's i think he was a seal yeah so he actually went through the hell hell week three times oh, the God. first two times not because he got dropped but because he got hurt oh you know okay. so he I mean, people say like to endure that one time and to make it is like that's an issue. Like, yeah, good, good for you. <laughs> that's you know? an issue. <laughs> you know, so um, but he actually went through it those three times and yeah, did phenomenal things overseas and is very that's cool, man. Very well looked at. Sounds to me like everybody that's sitting at your table drinking beer with you is like really inspirational people. Like yeah. like the ones you draw, you know, sources of inspiration from that's that's very cool man very cool yeah and i i need to get he uh i need to look more into him because i've i've seen him on rogan's podcast and whatnot and i have a hard time listening to three-hour podcasts i have to like really dedicate myself so i'll I'll need to sit down and kind of look into that he's intense man and you know what now that i'm saying this out loud i'll maybe stick to it i've wanted to like start reading more we my wife she loves to read and i feel like I, I used to like to read too, but I would somehow fell out of love with it. I think it's because I was once you once you get a college degree and you're reading shit that you don't want to read over and over because you're <laughs> required to, you kind of I equate reading to like work. Yes. So I need to find yep. something like okay, maybe yep. maybe maybe I try to read a book a month, man. Oh, that's, that's a good that's the goal there. And um if you want any references, you just let me know. You got it. Uh, and uh I've got a couple that uh I can recommend to you too the ones that I, the one that I've most recently read was the uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Have I've you, heard about that. It's great. I haven't read it. I okay. loaned it to Jace Cheesy. If you're listening to this, give me, give me my book back. <laughs> Actually, I'm give me my wife's book back. That's her book. Jace, don't listen to this shit. <laughs> no, Jay, no, you're so right. You're 100 percent right. But yeah, that's that's yeah. awesome, man. Okay, so that's a that was a, a good little little trio to sit down with, man, and. That is uh, all that I had planned for today. Um, I, I very much appreciate you coming on, dude. I hope you enjoyed your time here. And uh, for everybody that is interested in getting in touch with Jared or, or looking into it, any of his training stuff, I will have all of his information posted on <clears throat> you know Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you can find this at. I'll have Jared's information. But once again... Jared, I appreciate you coming out, man. I appreciate you, man. Thank yes, you. Yes, sir. All right, guys, don't forget, you know, comment, rate, subscribe, leave me a review. Any little bit helps. So find me on Spotify, iTunes, you name it. You can find the Rated JG Podcast. I appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time.